Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Gift of Choice, hosted by entrepreneurial coach and holistic nurse practitioner Bonnie Gressel. Bonnie and her guests offer information and motivation each week to help you live your dream and attain the health, happiness, and abundance you deserve. Now, here's the host of the Gift of Choice, Bonnie Gressel. Well, welcome everyone. This is Bonnie Gressel, your host here at the Gift of Choice show. And I'm here today on Blog Talk Radio and iTunes. Now today we're going to be talking about the cognitive health wedge of our self-empowerment wheel that we started earlier this year. Remember way back when we've been through all these wedges? Well, we're up to the cognitive health wedge and that's what we're going to talk about today. I'm really excited to share some of that information with you today because I think it's so important that we all know this. Now I also want to tell you how much I appreciate all of you. All of you taking the time out of your busy day to spend a little bit of time here with me at the show. My goal is to provide great content so that you feel that your time is always well spent. Now, just a reminder, you can listen to the past episodes right here on Blog Talk Radio and on iTunes, and we stream the last episode each week to Speak Up Talk Radio. They're on for you all the time, right? They're on 24-7, so you can listen at 3 in the morning if you want to. Now, to be a part of this community, there's a few different ways that you can do that. Just click follow if you're here on the show page at Blog Talk Radio. And if you're on iTunes listening, click on the subscribe button. And both really do the same thing, but it'll sort of keep you in the know and it'll be in your like list of your, your favorite podcasts to listen to or radio shows to listen to. And I'm working on continuing to expand the show to other networks as well. So stay tuned. I will keep you in the loop as that progresses. Now, the Gift of Choice show is educational, inspirational, and motivational in nature. But I want you to take what fits for you today and simply let go of the rest. The Gift of Choice show does not intend or imply to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment either. I always want to remind everyone of that little, you know, if you if you need to take care of yourself and you need professional help, please do seek that out. So I always want to remind everyone that at the beginning of every show. And with the topic that we're talking about today, it's maybe even more important to sort of keep that in mind. Now, I wanted to give everyone the call-in number for the show today because I always welcome call-ins. I'll check the chat room from time to time as well because I opened that up for today's show as as well. The call-in number, should you want to call in and listen, or you can talk with us live on the air if you want, But the number is 714-816-4716. And you can just listen on the phone. Um, But if you do want to talk with us live on the air, just press 1 on your phone, and that lets me know that you've raised your hand and you want to be live with me on the air, and we can have a discussion right here. So call in number 714-816-4716. And just press 1 if you want to chat. Now, before we begin getting into sort of the meat or the content of each show, I always want to start with just just a moment of nothingness, you know, a moment to just breathe. 
And we all have to breathe anyway. And this is just giving you time, permission to just don't think about, you don't have to think about anything else. Just pay attention to your breathing. So if you're in a place where you can join me for this simple little breathing meditation, please do. Now, if you're driving on the highway, probably not the best time to do it. So I would say make sure that you're safe, obviously. But if you are in a place where you can join me for this little breathing meditation, I would invite you to do that. So as we begin, just like we do every week when we do this, I want you to take a nice deep breath in through your nose if you can. And then just let it all out. Let that big breath go. And as you breathe in, you feel your belly expanding. And then as you exhale, you sort of deflate again. That's all there is to it. Just breathing in. And out. There's nothing else that you need to do right now. Just breathe. Without pushing it or pulling it, just let it flow as it's comfortable for you. Breathing in. And out. Breathing in. And out. Letting go of everything you don't need right now. At some level, you decided, you chose to listen to the show today. This time is for you. Taking time to just sit and breathe. Breathing in. And breathing out. Just letting everything go that you don't need right now. Thoughts might come in, as they always will. Just acknowledge them and go back to your breathing. Just notice how the air feels coming in through your nostrils. And how it feels to have everything letting go. Everything to exhale. That's all. Just simple breathing. Something that we probably don't do enough of is pay attention to the simple breathing that we have to do all the time. Breathing in. And breathing out. Now as we get into our content for the show today, I want you to, if you if you can, take one more big breath in through your nose. And then let it all go. Let it all out until there's no air left. That bigger breath at the beginning and then again at the end gives your body a signal that it's time to come back and listen to this show. But I want you to take that maybe more relaxed feeling that you have now, back with you. That centered, grounded feeling. 
And I'd love for you to carry that through out the rest of the day. You know, I always do this little meditation probably as much for me as I do for all of you because I need it too. You know, we don't take the time. We don't give ourselves permission to just stop. Stop what we're doing, what we're thinking about, and just be. You know, we've turned into such human doings instead of human beings. We're always doing something. And so I really want to honor each and every one of you because I want you to be able to take that time and and give you permission because we don't always do that for ourselves and myself included. I'm just as bad at it. So as we get into the show today, I'm excited to share with you some of the interesting things. I'll talk a little bit about my personal story, but then some of the really interesting things and simple things that we can all do to really have the best brain health possible. You know, all of us are afraid of, you know, getting dementia or Alzheimer's as we get older. But there's ways to create a healthy brain to protect us against those debilitating conditions. Now, when we come back, we're going to take a short break, but when we come back from our break, I'm going to share with you my story, and then we're going to talk about things that, well, number one, what's not good for our brain health, and then secondly, how we can have better brain health so that we can enjoy our lives till the very last day and not have to struggle with things like forgetfulness and dementia and Alzheimer's and all of those things. So we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to dive into the topic for today. This is Bonnie Gressel here at The Gift of Choice. And when we come back, I'm going to share with you my story and share with you also how we can all live healthier, happier, longer, better lives with a healthy brain. We're going to be right back, everybody. Are you one of the millions of people who struggle to relax, sleep well, or even lose weight? Have you ever wondered why it's so hard? If you think your brain might have something to do with it, you're right. Now you can learn how to access the powerful energy of the mind-body connection with the ultimate health and wellness gift set, a four-CD collection of guided meditations from holistic nurse practitioner Bonnie Gressel. You can use them all for yourself or split the individually wrapped CDs into gifts for friends and family. The Ultimate Health and Wellness Gift Set includes all of Bonnie's popular CDs, including Restful Sleep, Relax, Meditation for Busy People, and Weight Loss. To get your copy of the Ultimate Health and Wellness Gift Set, go to BonnieGressel.com and click the Products tab. That's B-O-N-N-I-E. G-R-O-E-S-S-L dot com. You're listening to The Gift of Choice with your host, Bonnie Gressel. The Gift of Choice is sponsored by MNB Global Solutions, providing individualized coaching for entrepreneurs and authors, as well as book editing and publishing services. For more information, go to mnbglobalsolutions.com. Welcome back, everyone. This is Bonnie Gressel, your host here at The Gift of Choice. 
you know, think about it. Do our lives, how we live and how we react to the world around us, affect our brain? Is it possible to provide nurturing and support for a healthy brain? Well, there are things that you can do. And I know what it's like firsthand to lose the cognitive functioning of my brain. My husband knows what I'm going to be like in the nursing home, too. In 2009, we had a really severe car accident. I was in a coma for a while, not very long, only a few days. And I had lots of therapy, lots and lots of therapy, prayers, positive thoughts. And thankfully, I got my brain back. You know, as I recall, I mean, there's a lot that I don't remember. But what I do remember is that I never really felt sad or angry or fearful. I do remember feeling supported and feeling taken care of. And not just by the people around me. It was something bigger than that. It was just a, an over, it's really hard to explain, but it's just an overall, you know, whether whatever you want to call it, be it God, the universe, whatever your belief system is, I felt that that bigger presence, that bigger energy was taking care of me and that everything was going to be okay. You know, there's a lot that I don't remember. And maybe that's best. It's God's way or was God's way of protecting me. I didn't know how bad I was. I can only listen to what my husband and family members tell me now. I just felt like, you know, I existed. I mean, I slept a lot. Your brain needs to heal, so you sleep a lot. When you first wake up from a coma, you don't really wake up from a coma. You sort of have little periods where you're where you're awake uh, for a bit and then you're asleep again. So I did a lot of sleeping. But I always, you know, I remember, and, and they've told me too, I, I always ate well, slept a lot, as I mentioned. I exercised when I could. And, and that means, you know, when you have a brain injury, sometimes, oftentimes, your balance is really bad. So when I could stand and walk without falling, and, and I even wore a gait belt for a while so somebody could hang on to me. But when my balance returned enough to to go for a walk, to be outside. That was really helpful for me. And I always remember, you know, having positive thoughts. I didn't feel stressed or angry or fearful or sad. I just was. It just, everything just was. It was so, it's a, it's a very difficult feeling to describe. I would imagine that sometimes people with dementia or Alzheimer's maybe feel this way because they don't really realize some of the stuff that's going on or how they're not remembering things. Well, I was truly blessed to have gotten my brain back with all that therapy and everything. But, you know, I know I'm at higher risk for Alzheimer's due to that head injury. And so I take this this brain fitness, as I like to call it, very serious. And I think all of us should. I mean, we're going to talk a little bit later in the show about how prevalent Alzheimer's has become. And I know many people, even more people that are you know, afraid of that more than even cancer these days. Now, so let's start talking about the basics. I think that good health leads to good brain health. Let's talk about that a little bit. You know, be physically active. 
you know, if you can, like at least 30 minutes a day, five days a week, you know, something on a regular basis. Don't just be a weekend warrior where you do something on the weekends. You know, try to do a little something every day. And being outside when you can is extremely helpful. It's that whole, you know, being out in nature and the sunshine and the earthing from the from the earth. And then eating a healthy, well-balanced diet certainly is, is really important. It's very basic. Drinking enough water. I usually tell people, you know, eight glasses a day. And water is really best. Juices and, you know, teas and sodas and all that are fluids, but it's not the same as water. So drink as much water as you can. If you don't really like the taste of water, maybe add a little lemon to it or something. And that'll give it a little taste. And plus it helps to be make your blood more alkaline, which is a, a healthier way to be as well. And then, you know, limit certain things like alcohol consumption. Um, caffeine, don't have too much of it. Get enough sleep, you know, six to eight hours a night, something like that. And restful sleep is really important because some people sleep, but they're sort of fitful when they sleep and you don't feel like you've slept at all. So it's important that you get uninterrupted sleep. And if relaxation techniques and lifestyle changes aren't enough to help you reduce your stress in life, then, as I mentioned earlier, please do seek the help of a medical professional, you know, for counseling or maybe even, you know, medications. Because stress has a huge piece of this, and we're going to talk a lot about that today on the show. I think exercising your brain is good for everybody. You know, how do you exercise your brain? Learn new things. You know, like crossword puzzles or things that aren't just repetitive things, but new things that stimulate and strengthen the brain. I like to think of this, all of this stuff as brain fitness. You know, you can do memory um, games, uh, spelling, puzzles, math, working with your hands, being creative. Being creative actually stimulates the right side of your brain, which is important too. You know, new words, learning new words, new things, always doing something different because it's the the different things that we learn that's really more helpful for brain health than the same type of thing. And, you know, relaxation is huge because stress is huge. We're going to talk about that later. But things like, you know, simple deep breathing like we did in the beginning of the show, just stopping and breathing. Movement therapies like Tai Chi, Qigong, things like repetitive prayer or prayer in general, progressive muscle relaxation, relaxation things, biofeedback, guided imagery. Oh, my goodness. The list goes on and on of things that we can do to help our brain. So why is it so important to relax, do you suppose? Why is that so important for brain health? What about stress? Why is stress so important to brain health? Well, stress is a part of life, and we can't get away from it, really. But it's also a source of wear and tear on both our bodies and our minds. Stress is rooted in basic survival instincts that we you know, had throughout evolution, knowing as the fight, flight, or freeze response. When we go into that response, certain chemicals in our brain are triggered. And our body is designed, it's designed to help us manage that threatening situation. Now, during our evolution, 
it, you know, that threatening situation were, was things like a life or death situation, you know, running away from the saber-toothed tiger, as an example. But today, that same series of chemical reactions in our brain is triggered by things like getting stuck in traffic, having to wait in line at the grocery store, um, somebody saying something that made you not feel the greatest. It's all these little stresses that we have every day, every day, every day, every day, every day. You know, if you're a person who has stress at home and who doesn't like their job or who has stress at their job, it's like you've got no safe place to be. So our bodies always think we're trying to run away from that saber-toothed tiger. And those chemicals are running around in our brains trying to protect us. Stress also causes increased levels of cortisol. Now, cortisol is sometimes known as the stress hormone. There's a reason for that. A little bit of cortisol is okay, but too much cortisol, oh my goodness, wreaks havoc on your body and your brain. And it's especially dangerous when it's that long-term chronic stress. Every day, every day, every day. Stress also creates free radicals that kill brain cells. Free radicals actually punch holes in the brain cell walls and that leads them to rupture and die. So they actually do, free radicals actually do kill brain cells. And our brain cells do regenerate, but if you don't exercise the brain much, it's really slow to to regenerate. If you keep a brain active and you're learning new things and it's, you know, it's like a muscle that you exercise then you're you're more likely to regenerate those brain cells faster. And then stress also indirectly contributes to other lifestyle habits that create more free radicals. You know, we eat junk food or we maybe drink too much alcohol or smoke cigarettes, whatever we feel we need to do to relax, right? All of those things contribute to that free radical load. Stress also makes us forgetful. You ever notice that? When you're really stressed, things just kind of, you just can't remember things. I know that's the problem with me. Now, menopause will do that too, and so will a brain injury, but stress really is probably the most common thing. Stress makes us forgetful and we get emotional. You know, things bother us more. If you find that you're forgetful, that might be one of the first signs of too much stress in your life. So notice that. You know, how often is, is do you, like, search for a word or you can't remember somebody's name or whatever or you forget what you were doing? Stress also depletes the critical, important brain chemicals that if we don't have enough of them, lead to depression and anxiety. Our brain cells communicate with other brain cells through something called neurotransmitters. Now, chronic stress reduces the level of the really important neurotransmitters. Two in particular that I want to talk about today, serotonin and dopamine. Low levels of either of these neurotransmitters can leave you feeling depressed and more prone to addictions. It's just not a good place to be. So serotonin, let's talk about that first. Serotonin is is kind of, I like to think of it as the feel-good chemical in our body. It plays a huge role in learning and mood, appetite control, and sleep. 
Antidepressant medications work on elevating the levels of serotonin in your body. And women with low serotonin are more prone to things like depression, anxiety, and binge eating. Whereas men, on the other hand, are more prone to alcoholism, ADHD, and impulse control disorders. So without enough of that feel-good chemical in you, we can have all kinds of problems. Dopamine is the other one I want to talk about just briefly. Dopamine is sort of the motivation molecule. It's in charge of our pleasure and reward system. So too little dopamine, if we don't have enough of it, can leave us feeling unfocused and motivated, apathetic, lethargic, and depressed. People low in this brain chemical often use things like caffeine and sugar and alcohol and cigarettes and illicit drugs to temporarily boost their levels of dopamine. You feel better when you have enough, just like you feel better when you have enough serotonin. But stress causes us to lose both of those. Stress can also make you stupid, (laughs) for lack of a better way to say that. It causes your brain to just seize up at the most terrible times, you know, exams and job interviews and public speaking, you know, things where you just like, uh, there's a, you're having a brain fart. That's because, you know, those situations can be stressful and that will cause you not to be able to retrieve the information. This is actually a survival mechanism too. When you're faced with a life and death situation, you know, kind of like the saber-toothed tiger thing, instinct and training take over from rational thought and reasoning. You rely on your gut, on your instincts. Now, this might have helped us from being eaten by a a saber-toothed tiger, but in today's life, it's not really very helpful. Stress also impairs your memory and makes it, you know, you make bad decisions. Puts you at greater risk for mental illness of all kinds. That's really critical because it's affecting your brain. Recent research has discovered that physical differences between people, you know, the, the brains of people with stress disorders, it, it's amazing the stuff that they are coming to now. I've, I've always said to clients, the brain is like space. The mind is like space, especially. There's so much that we don't know about it. It's like the unknown frontier. But in scientists looking at the ratio of the brain's white matter to gray matter, as an example, White matter to gray matter is higher. Stress predisposes people to developing a variety of mental illnesses like anxiety, panic disorder, depression, PTSD, or post-traumatic stress disorder, even schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, drug addiction, alcoholism. I mean, stress is at the underlying cause of almost all of those things. And it negatively impacts every cognitive function, which is what we're talking about today, right? Cognitive function, cognitive health, stress is probably the number one killer of that. Stress actually even shrinks your brain, believe it or not. It can measurably shrink your brain. Cortisol can kill, shrink, and stop the regeneration of new neurons in the hippocampus, which is the part of your brain that stores memories. The hippocampus is critical for learning because you have to remember things, right? Memory and emotion um, regulation. And it's just, as well as shutting off the stress response when the stressful event is over, if your hippocampus doesn't have as many neurons in it that are active, you're not going to handle those things as well. 
It also shrinks something called the prefrontal cortex, which is sort of in the front of your head. It negatively affects decision-making, our working memory, the control of impulse behavior. Stress also, as if it didn't do enough bad things already, it also lets toxins into your brain. The brain is highly sensitive to any toxin. I mean, it's just bad for the brain. And we have something called the blood-brain barrier, which is a group of highly specialized cells that act as your brain's gatekeeper. Well, it's sort of a semi-permeable filter, which protects your brain from harmful substances. It lets in the good ones while keeping the not-so-good ones out, right? So it lets in the nutrients that you need, but doesn't let everything in. Well, stress makes the blood-brain barrier more permeable or leaky. So it lets all kinds of things into your brain, things that you don't want in your brain, like pathogens and heavy metals, chemicals, and other toxins. Having a leaky brain and having a leaky blood-brain barrier is also associated with brain cancers, brain infections, and multiple sclerosis. So bottom line is, Stress is really not good for us. You know, I've said this before in the show. You're never going to see on a death certificate where it says cause of death. You're never going to see stress listed as the cause of death. But I really do think that it's the precursor to so many things that it is the number one cause of death. But there's something that we can do about that. We're going to take another short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the dreaded Alzheimer's, the thing that so many of us are afraid of. And then talk about things that we can do to prevent that, to put us in the best place possible so that we can really make sure that we can live a long, healthy, happy life without having to worry about all of those things, dementia and Alzheimer's and the like. This is Bonnie Gressel here at The Gift of Choice, and we're going to be right back after this short break. Do you dream of building a business in which you can share your expertise and gifts with others? A business that allows you to actively pursue your passion. If you're like most people, you put that dream on the back burner because the mountain of details is just too overwhelming. Now you can join other holistic-minded practitioners in leveraging the entrepreneur coaching services of Bonnie Gressel. Bonnie shares your belief in the power of the mind-body-spirit connection, and she has experience in growing a business from the ground up. Whether your challenges are strategic, technological, or you want to create a platform that promotes your expert status, even by publishing a book, you can achieve your dreams quicker with the help of Bonnie's individualized coaching. Contact Bonnie for a free, no-obligation consultation at BonnieGressel.com. That's B-O-N-N-I-E-G-R-O-E-S-S-L dot com. Well, welcome back to The Gift of Choice, everyone. This is Bonnie Gressel, your host today. Now, just before the break, we were talking about, and it wasn't a very positive, uplifting conversation. We were talking about all the horrible things that stress does to our bodies and especially to our brains. And you know what? The, the biggest one of the biggest things I know this, that worries me or that scares me is stress causes your risk to increase for dementia and Alzheimer's. You know that's one of the most worrisome effects. Alzheimer's is now the fifth, the sixth. I'm sorry, leading cause of death. 
Being diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease is the number one health fear of American adults today, even more so than cancer. One in every three United States seniors will die with Alzheimer's or some other form of dementia. And it's become the most expensive disease in the country. Long-term stress, anxiety, and depression have been linked to an increase of dementia and Alzheimer's disease. In fact, some research shows that long-term stress stimulates the growth of the proteins that actually might cause Alzheimer's, and that can and leads to memory loss. Now, there's no simple magic bullet to prevent Alzheimer's, but there are some common sense things that we can do, and many of them we talked about early on in the show, and I want to repeat some of those. So, you know, common sense advice includes things like eating a healthy diet, So what is a healthy diet? You know, low in sugar, high in brain healthy fats, you know, the omega-3 fatty acids as opposed to uh, trans fats, which we really shouldn't have much of, if at all. Getting enough physical exercise, not smoking, you know, avoiding toxic um, exposures to things, minimizing stress. There's stress again. Staying mentally active, you know, doing the learning new things all the time. It's been found that stress in particular, stress that occurs in midlife, increases the risk of Alzheimer's. Now, how many of us, how many people do you know really went through a stressful period in their life around that midlife time? Many people do. I mean, they call it the midlife crisis. That's one thing. But it's also the time when maybe our parents are aging and need us to take care of them. Um, It's also the time when many relationships end or partners you know leave or pass on or, you know our loved ones die so it's not surprising that that's a really stressful time of everyone's life anxiety jealous jealousy moodiness in addition in those middle age years can double your risk of alzheimers so if there are like relationship issues or or you know things going on or you're struggling with a long stressful situation. You know, I think of all the patients that I used to see in my practice that had developed diseases, whether it be a brain type of disease or something else like an autoimmune disease, fibromyalgia or multiple sclerosis or something. Almost all of those people had a predisposing long period of stress where it was a relationship thing or it was caring for aging parents or or whatever and then they got sick so it behooves us to really try to minimize that as much as possible chronic stress and that elevated cortisol you know is is just part of dementia especially in the elderly but really for anyone Stress destroys our happiness and our peace of mind, and it hugely affects the way we think and feel. It can wear you down mentally and emotionally and sap the life right out of you. Now, some signs that uh, of stress that might impact your well-being might include these things. And just notice as I read this list, do you recognize these things in your own life? Because if you do, it's time to take some action to really work on managing your stress in healthier ways, seeking professional advice or or whatever it is, but to do something because you don't want this to go on too long because chronic stress, you know, leads to all those things that we've been talking about, which are no fun. 
So some signs that stress might be impacting your mental well-being include things like excessive worry or fear, anger and frustration. You know, you're easily, easily to anger, impatience with yourself or others, mood swings or crying spells, certainly suicidal thoughts, insomnia, nightmares, disturbing dreams, trouble concentrating and learning new information, racing thoughts and nervousness, forgetfulness, mental confusion, difficulty making decisions, feeling overwhelmed, irritability and overreaction to petty annoyances, excessive defensiveness or suspiciousness, increased smoking, alcohol, drug use, gambling, impulsive buying. I mean, just listen to that list. And I know that I've had you know, episodes of these throughout my life. I know other people struggle with these things. And it's like, you know, it's time to take action, to get a hold and, and better manage the stress in your life because you're probably not going to get rid of it. It's going it's to be there, but it's how we react to it. It's, you know, stress isn't so much what happens to us, but it's how we react to it. And that is something that we can change. That's something that we choose, how we handle, how we react to it. Now, it's no fun experiencing stress symptoms, that's for sure. But you know what? It's probably no picnic for everybody around us either. <laughs> so you might be getting some feedback on that. So studies show that when you're stressed, you know, there's all kinds of, you know, more science with this. Electrical signals in the brain associated with factual memories weaken. So while well, the areas in the brain associated with emotions strengthen, which means your emotions take everything over. And stress causes that vicious cycle of fear and anxiety. Stress builds up in the area of our brain called the amygdala. And you have to remember that word, but it's our fear center. Stress increases the size and activity level and the number of neuronal neural connections in that part of your brain. So while it decreases the hippocampus and our memory and all that stuff, it increases our fear center, which makes us more fearful, causing that vicious cycle with even more fear and more stress. Stress halts the production of new brain cells and connections. You know, every day we lose brain cells, but every day we have the opportunity to create new ones, as I mentioned before. Now, aside from learning new things all the time and really exercising their brain, there's something called brain-derived neurotropic factor. It's a protein that's an integral part of keeping our existing brain cells healthy and stimulating new brain cell formation. Now, this brain-derived neurotropic factor, or BDNF, can offset the negative effects of stress on the brain. It's kind of like the fertilizer for the brain. You want more of this. But guess what? Increased cortisol halts production of BDNF, resulting in fewer brain cells being formed. Oh, my goodness. So lower levels of this are associated with brain-related conditions like depression and Alzheimer's disease. Almost everyone is familiar with physical symptoms of increased stress. You know, like a racing heart, sweaty palms, that, you know, butterfly in your in your belly. You just you just don't feel good. 
but it's also possible to experience low-grade ongoing stress without those symptoms. We may not even really know that we're feeling stress, yet the chemicals in our body are produced just the same. So we can have that negative effect in our body at the cellular level and in our brains and not really be aware of it, partly because I think we've come, become so used to stress. It's almost, it's like, it's life, you know, to to experience life is to experience stress. And it's like, oh, well, that's just the way it is. But still, those neurochemicals are still making changes in our body without us really even feeling that way. Some of those brain-related symptoms might be obvious too, like forgetfulness and anxiety and worry. But it also appears that the impact of stress in people's brain health is affected by other behaviors that can also be harmful to the brain. And then that leads us to like overeat, drink alcohol, smoking cigarettes, ways to manage the stress that's not really in the most healthy way. And all of them increase the risk of damage to the brain. So it's sort of like a double whammy. You know, you use those things sometimes to you know, relax or feel better or manage the stress, but then it, you know, that's not good for us either. Neuroscientists have discovered how chronic stress and chronic, chronic cortisol can damage the brain. There's a recent study that confirms that the importance of maintaining healthy brain structure and, con- and connectivity by reducing chronic stress. Moderate or good stress, which is sometimes called eustress, like studying hard for an exam or training to compete in something can can really build stronger circuitry and cause or create a more resilient brain for us, which is good. But the prolonged chronic stress is really not good. It really is hard on our bodies and our brains. So do you want to create a brain that's resilient and vulnerable, or do you want to create a brain that's vulnerable to mental disease? And mental disease meaning the gamut, you know, anxiety, depression, ADD, um, all the way up to Alzheimer's. Those are all mental diseases. You know, the brain is consistently going through changes, through neuroplasticity. I've talked about neuroplasticity on the show before. And I'm a I'm a firm believer in neuroplasticity because with our accident, if I would not have been able to make new pathways in my brain to sort of go around the broken part from the head injury, I wouldn't have got my brain back. So neuroplasticity, believe me, really does really does work. So we can change our brain. So it doesn't matter where you're at on the continuum of having stress in your life or or depression or, or some other mental illnesses. You can always you can always make a change. You can always shift. Because we can always build new sort of grooves or pathways in our brain. That's what neuroplasticity is all about. We can make changes as we go through life. We can undo, to a point, some of the negative changes that have occurred, but we can put ourselves in a much better position to deal with our elderly years and have a good brain have good brain function. And I know that there are some supplements that might help. Certainly there are things out there, but there's really no magic pill that help us to deal with stress in our lives. So it's just really 
all the, the stuff we've talked about to, you know, to make sure that you do, you know, regular physical activity, you know, the little mindfulness, the little meditation that we do at the beginning of every show. One of the reasons I do that is because we don't take the time in our regular days to do that enough, right? Mindfulness meditation, whether it's focusing on your breathing or staring at a candle flame or just looking at a beautiful sunset or just noticing, paying attention to what you're doing. That's really all mindfulness is. Those are effective ways to reduce stress and therefore lowers that cortisol level. You can always also do this through food. I mean, if you have something that's really just a carbohydrate at the very end of the day, like in the evening, and then you go to bed, your blood sugar bottoms out, kind of goes down, and your body wants to maintain that balance or that homeostasis. And we've talked about this on the show before too. So your body starts making cortisol because cortisol is sort of like the drug prednisone in that it will raise your blood sugar for you without needing to eat any food. So that's another way that you can really keep that cortisol level low. Relaxation kind of techniques and mindfulness and things like that are paramount. They're huge. But also, pay attention to how you eat. So if you're going to eat something, you know, like ice cream before bed or whatever, have some protein with it so that it lasts you longer. Or don't eat it right before bed. Eat it as dessert with your last meal of the day. You know, there's all kinds of things that we can do. It's possible to reduce stress and improve your brain health with just 20 minutes a day of relaxation. Believe that or not. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, you can undo some of the damage that may have been done over the years. Don't ever feel like it's too late that, oh, well, that's, you know, I I can't do anything about this. You can always do something about it. Just 20 minutes a day of relaxation. Taking a yoga class. I mean, yoga and Tai Chi and Qigong are movement therapies that also incorporate the relaxation and the breathing into it. So, Signing up for a yoga class might be a great idea. Um, prayer or meditation. You know, doing using these types of, of modalities actually turn off the genes that are activated by stress. You're actually undoing some of the damage that stress has created. You know, we can't get away from stress. I mentioned that before. It's just a part of life. But it's not so much what happens. It's how you react to it, how you handle it. Now, there's always more than one way to look at something. And I'm sure that you know people. I know I know people. They always, you know, see the, the glass half empty instead of half full. Um, so that you know, it's the more uh, pessimistic maybe viewpoint of the world as opposed to the optimistic viewpoint of the world. It's, there's always a different way to look at something. How you react to something that's happened. How you, you know, what you say or think or do, that does more to control your stress level than the actual event by far. Now, here are some simple ways to sort of stop stress in its tracks and overcome those harmful effects in your brain. And really, this is sort of a summary of what we've been talking about. But, you know, you can stop that free radical damage by eating a good diet, right? A good diet and antioxidant-rich foods like fruits and vegetables. And you can you know, minimize the, the alcohol and um, cigarettes and oh, aspartame. 
artificial sweeteners. Don't get me started on artificial sweeteners. Aspartame is really, 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 really bad for your brain. So those of you who might, you know, enjoy a diet soda or a crystal light, you know, type of soft drink or or or, or drink, just pay attention to how much aspartame, which is the NutraSweet, which is the primary sweetener that's in most things, um, is in that product. Because you're also getting aspartame probably in lots of other things that you don't even realize. Aspartame is very dangerous for the brain and brain health and cognitive function. So as you're thinking about eating a healthy diet, I would certainly pay attention to the amount of NutraSweet or aspartame that you have in your diet. Now, for those of you who really have to have the artificial sweetener, or maybe you have diabetes or something like that, something that's at least plant-based, like stevia, would be a better option, because at least it's not a chemical. It's it's plant-based. There, you, I grew a stevia plant in my garden one year, just because I wanted to see what it looked like. It kind of looks like a little bush, actually. And I I tasted one of the leaves at near the end of summer when it was finished. Oh, my goodness. It's so terribly sweet. You don't need very much stevia in something to make it sweet because it's very potent. But it's not a chemical, so it's not going to be harmful for your brain in that way. And then, you know, getting daily exercise. That is hugely important. Move your body. You know, we're not meant to to just sit. We were meant to move our bodies. And as kids, actually, we start out pretty good. You know, I, I, maybe kids today don't move as much as when I was a child many, many years ago. Because then we played outside all the time. And we had all these, you know, games that we played. And we didn't have, um, you know, computers and Nintendo and Sega or whatever the games are called now. We didn't have all those things when we were kids. So we actually moved our bodies. And it's really important to get that physical exercise. And it doesn't have to be strenuous. I mean, walking is wonderful exercise. If you're, you know, exercising your um, mind along with your body, like in a yoga or tai chi or qigong, that's better yet because you're getting that relaxation and that breath work and that mind-body connection as well. And be outside when you can. You know, being outside, going for a walk outside is so healthy for us. Oh, my goodness. And it's a great stress reliever. Did you ever notice that? If Like if I'm upset about something, I'll go for a walk and I feel better. It just, it just helps. It helps the stress. So get physical exercise. You don't have to be a marathon runner. You don't have to go to the gym for an hour. But I would say two things. The first thing is, Make it something that you enjoy because if you do, say, go to the gym or whatever and you hate every minute of it, well, guess what? That's causing more stress. So enjoy what you do. And the other thing is make it simple so that you can fit it into your day because a little bit every day is better than a lump sum just on Saturday. You know, so do a little bit every day. And then start a daily meditation practice. It's so simple. Even that one minute little breathing meditation that we do at the beginning of the show, even beginning with something like that. You know, meditation not only reduces your stress, but it's also a proven way to keep the brain young by it's it does other certain things in the brain to um 
just make it healthier and make it regenerate more and get those brain cells, you know, regenerated and growing faster. You know, like I said earlier, we lose brain cells every day. And some things cause us to not be able to rebuild them. And some things like meditation help us to be able to rebuild them. And then monitor your thoughts for some of those, you know, automatic negative thoughts that we all have from time to time. Some people have more of them than others. You know, some people tend to be more pessimistic, see the glass half full or half empty rather than half full. Um, How you see things is, you know, that perception piece is really important because, I mean, you can have five people see the same event happen. And you will have five different takes on what happened, right? It's because we all perceive it a little differently. Stress isn't so much what happens to you. It's how you react to it. So, you know, I hope that talking about, even though we had a little bit of science in here today, talking about you know, stress and how harmful it is and how the things that you can do to really promote cognitive health was helpful for you today. And if you have, you know, questions, you can always certainly feel free to connect with me at bon, my main website, which is com. You can also find me on Facebook um, just by my name or I have another page called Coach Bonnie Gressel. And, and just ask me, you know, I always welcome communication on in those venues because I think that, you know, we can change that. We can change the whole Alzheimer's being the sixth most common cause of death and one out of every three Americans will die from it or, or something like that. I think with better care of ourselves, taking better care of ourselves, really promoting our cognitive health, I think we can change that statistic. I'm hopeful that we can. And and I've got a vested interest because I know I'm at probably, I think it's about another, it's a 50% um, higher risk for those things just because of the brain injury and the coma and all that. So I'm really serious about this. And that's why I still do, I do my brain exercises like all the time, learning new things. And it's not that hard. It can be really fun. But I I would I would challenge us all to see if we can change that statistic because I truly think that we can. I think that uh that we can make a difference. So my my homework and my takeaway from today is to think about what you can do to practice brain fitness or whatever you want to call it. And manage stress in a healthy way. Can't get away from stress, but you can manage it in a healthy way. By reacting differently, by thinking differently, looking at it a different way, not you know, um, trying to use other things to take the stress away, which really doesn't help either, like you know, alcohol or smoking or whatever, because that just causes more free radicals and makes more problems. So the homework from today is to just see what you can do. See what you can fit into your life. Maybe it's a a little little meditation every day. Maybe it's a walk outside every day. Maybe it's eating better. Maybe it's not letting things bother you so much. 
because stress is not so much what happens to you. It's how you handle it, right? It's how you react to it. So this is Bonnie Gressel here at The Gift of Choice, and I've really enjoyed talking with you today. I know we've had a lot of guests in the past several weeks, and next week I have another great guest. But it was nice to just kind of do a show by myself and talk to you about cognitive health and things that you can do. And I hope that you feel that no matter where you are on your journey, say you've had you know, difficulties and lots of stress and all kinds of stuff so far, it's never too late to change some things and improve your cognitive health because those brain cells are regenerating all the time. That's neuroplasticity. So know that you can make a change, that you can do something, that you can improve things, that you can sort of stave off things like Alzheimer's and dementia by changing things now, no matter where you are in your journey. It's been wonderful sharing time with you again today. And I will see you next Monday at 2 p.m. Central. And we'll have a fabulous guest, as always. So for now, blessings, everyone. You've been listening to The Gift of Choice, hosted by Bonnie Gressel. The Gift of Choice has been brought to you by MMB Global Solutions your source for individualized coaching for entrepreneurs and authors, along with book editing and publishing services. For more information, go to mnbglobalsolutions.com.